probably seeing some dark lounge in here right now. It's, it's, a, it's a depressing Can we get the lighting lounge. turned up in the air? <laughs> you need to get some better music around here or something. It's definitely a winnable game. I think the Ravens have four very winnable games in a row coming up. They can figure it out. Yeah. As dark as this lounge is, I'm putting a little simple syrup in my drink. It just got a little sweeter. Yes. Just got a little sweeter in this. Welcome into the lounge. You know, Garrett, we haven't just had you and I on the lounge. We've always brought in a guest for, what, a month straight? It's been, it's been a crowded lounge because we had Jeremy Macklin. We had Jermaine Illuminor. Mm -hmm. We had, what, 30 of our closest friends? Dennis Pitta. Well, we also, you left out 30 of our closest friends well, when yeah, we did the... You just hit them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, our friends over in London. Yep. Then we had Dennis Pitta on. So, you know, it's time that me and you catch up, buddy. It is. Pal. Like, good old buddy Garrett. We don't need any pioneers in here. We don't need anybody crowding our yeah, space. Yeah, get the sound guy out of here. Get out of here, Nick. We need to spread out <laughs> here in the lounge and just have the two of us, you know, <sighs> a little heart to heart because that's what's needed right now after a tough stretch yeah. here over the past couple of weeks. We need to talk about some beer, too. We That'll do make need, me feel better. We do need to talk about some pumpkin beer. We've been holding that conversation for a while. Yeah, it's about time. And it is time. <laughs> it falls upon us. You need something to wash away these tough couple of games. I wish the common man were here a little bit, but it's also nice to just have me and you. Yeah, we don't want, you don't need to bring the common man in today. <laughs> anyway, so it's a guest-free episode, but we always do have one guest on here, and his name is Papa John. <laughs> Papa John is here. <laughs> Papa John's here. You fans out there, you can get the Raven's Flock special. You order it all season long, get a large specialty pizza and a large two-topping pizza with promo code RAVENSFLOCK at papajohns.com or... You can get the Ravens 50 the day after every Ravens win. You get 50% off regular menu price online orders with promo code RAVENS50 at PapaJohns.com. See, you haven't been able to get that one the past two weeks, but there's a lot more half-off pizza yet to come. I think All this right? is... Many more chances. Yeah, well, people have already had the chance to get two half-off pizzas, and, and what, there's 15 more to come. 15 more to come <laughs> every, every week, man. 15 more to come. <laughs> every week. All right, so with that said... Let's let's talk about I think what people want to know is what's what's going wrong right now? Yeah. What's wrong with the Ravens? What has changed? Everybody was feeling really high after the first two wins. You know, we're sitting here talking about eating sixteen pizzas, yeah. nineteen pizzas, yep. half off pizzas. Now what what's going wrong? People are jumping off the bandwagon left and right. Yeah. Um I think it's a couple things. One, let's just start with the defense. The defense suffered injuries in areas where they hadn't been hurt previously. That's on the defensive front. And that's obviously Brandon Williams, and that's Brent Urban. Brandon, of the two, is the most significant, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the guy. He's the $50 million man in the middle of that defense. And I think that's you've seen that in the past couple of weeks. The other thing, too, is, you know, nobody wanted to admit this, I think, the first two weeks of the season. But 10 turnovers, 10 turnovers can mask a lot of deficiencies. And some of those turnovers, I think, were created by the fact that you're getting pressure and Brandon Williams is collapsing the pocket and those kinds of things. There's also kind of like the freak turnover thing that was happening. You're not going to get five turnovers a game. You and I talked about this on Mailbag this week. And I think that when you look at those turnovers, a number of them happened deep in the red zone where teams would have come away with at least three points out of that, sometimes even seven. There were yep. interceptions in the end zone. So, like, that there's a lot of different studies about turnovers and one of the common themes is there's a luck element involved it's not all one thing or the other but there is absolutely a <laughs> luck element involved to turnovers 
And so the Ravens maybe got more than they deserved the first couple of weeks, and they maybe missed on some ones the past couple of weeks, you know, to balance things out. So, well, they should have had a pick six. They should have had a pick six. Right. Um, you know, just that was a, just a, a pick officiating three. There. Yeah, Turned pick three, three, pick three. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that the lack of turnovers is maybe the scales balancing out a little bit. Yeah. And then you're seeing the defense is somewhere in the middle. Right. The real defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Uh, we all expected the Ravens' defense to be absolutely – I mean, they talked about it all offseason. Anything short of the best defense in the NFL, I think, was a disappointment to these guys. They were saying, we should be the NFL's best defense. And obviously, we haven't seen that. Uh, you know, I think, like you said, the loss of Brandon Williams has a ripple effect on this defense more than people really realize. Everybody thinks he's just the run stuffer in the middle. Oh, and Michael Pierce is still there, and he does a pretty good job of that. Well, Brandon Williams did a lot more than that in the first two games, just with his pass rush. Now, he's not a guy getting sacks, but the way that he was pushing guys into the backfield, even the same for Brent Urban on run plays. I mean, the Ravens were knocking back opposing offensive lines, which really created a lot more opportunities for the pass rush to get there, guys like Tyus Bowser, guys like Terrell Suggs. I think that that knockback up front and kind of disrupting offensive lines created that ability for the pressure to finally get home. And it created more turnover opportunities, like you were talking about, just bad throws, airmail throws, things like that, that create turnovers and batted balls and all that stuff. When you're not knocking back the offensive line, your pass rush isn't getting there. The quarterbacks have more time to complete throws. But you really look at it, and how are, the, how are teams getting their, their yardage? Because the Ravens' cornerbacks are playing mm-hmm. quite well. It is weird because like, it seems that when you look at the corners, because teams are able to move the ball through the air, but it's not really against the corners. Right. I mean, you look at Jimmy Smith, you look at Brandon Carr and Marlon Humphrey, all three have gotten off to really strong starts. I don't think that you can really put the blame on the safeties. I think that they're playing pretty well. You know, Tony Jefferson had a, a couple, had a touchdown over him in Jacksonville, uh, but I, I think those guys are playing pretty well. Where you're seeing the problems is they're just hitting this small stuff. They're hitting screens. They're hitting stuff, crossers against linebackers. They're kind of exposing the middle of the Ravens' defense. Uh, that's been the issue. They're not really even – they're not picking on the corners at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Ravens have to get that sorted out. That stuff should be disrupted. Uh, I think Tony Jefferson is probably going to be the guy that they rely on to disrupt some more of that stuff over the long haul. Uh, and C.J. Mosley is obviously a big part of that. So, you know, C.J.'s made some plays in pass coverage, but he's they're, they're going at the linebackers mm-hmm. right now. But when you look at the defense, they're not giving up 25 yards, 30 yards a play. It's, it's 4, 5, 12, right. 3, 9. Like, yep. that's what it's been, and it's those methodical, you know, it's those methodical drives, which are really backbreakers. I mean, just look at the first drive Pittsburgh had last game. It they was held essentially the, ball for, the first quarter. Yeah, they held the ball for an hour and a half. You know, they <laughs> marched down the field. They ended up only getting three, but the defense was just out there for an eternity, and then I believe the offense came back as a three and out, and the defense was right back out there. So the time of possession the last two weeks has been completely out of whack. You know, I still think the defense is going to be okay, but there's one thing that has been crystal clear to me the last two weeks, and it's this. This team can't fall behind. And yep. when I say can't fall behind, but if they fall behind 10 points, it, it's bad. It's, yep. it's, it's significant. And so they need to, because they get, here's the recipe. And we talked about it so much, we said it a million different times. The recipe for this team, you run the ball, you don't turn the ball over, make mistakes offensively, and then you rely on your defense and you rely on the best kicker in the game. Yeah. But they're not even getting in position to allow Justin Tucker to boot 50-yard field goals. He's yeah. got to try 62-yard field goals. And so 
they need they can't fall behind early because then you abandon the run then the the model that we just talked about has to go out the window because you're not able to run the ball yep what confuses me right now about the offense is I, I thought that this offense was going to be run heavy and hit the big play. Yeah. And, and the big play has just been lacking. I mean, you look at it and you have the wide receivers. You have the big play, speed, threat, down the field wide receivers. Now, some of those, you know, they've they've had the play there to be made, but they just haven't come up with it. I yeah. mean, the Mike Wallace drop along the left sideline. Prashad Perryman, Joe throws it too high. Perryman doesn't make a, a really good catch. That's seven points. Who knows what Mike Wallace, if he had caught that ball, could he have broken away yeah. for a touchdown? Maybe he does, yeah. Maybe he does. Um, so that's what, to me, is lacking. Now, what needs to happen to get that done? Do you need more time? Does Joe need more time? Does he not have enough time to even stretch the field? Are the Ravens not really taking enough shots, enough opportunities to even do that? I, you know, it's interesting. So we do a segment uh, every week it goes on the wire. We also post it on the app and on the site called What You Missed. And so I've done that the past few weeks with Dennis Pitta. And right. so it's, it's, it's kind of a good, you know, I get, basically get to learn something from Pitta, which is rare. You know, he's not somebody <laughs> in the teaching mode. No, but um, he, he goes through, we look at the tape and kind of look at some themes that we're seeing. And the big thing that stuck out to me as we went through last week's game, really the last two weeks, is teams are able to get pressure on Flacco by only rushing three, four, and sometimes five guys. Yeah. And there was a play that we looked at, we highlighted it in this week's segment. Pittsburgh brought five guys, but we had seven guys in to block, including a running back and a tight end. So you have seven against five. That's a battle you should win. But this offensive line, the continuity and the communication doesn't seem to be there. So you'll have two guys blocking one defender that leaves somebody completely unblocked to get pressure on Joe. They just aren't really in sync at all. So those are the things that you hope get cleaned up. If you figure out that communication and then you at least have a hat on a hat, now you still are going to lose some of those battles, but if you at least have a guy blocking somebody, that's a much better position than they were in at times last week. So Right. There's not much a quarterback can do against a free runner. Right. That is really, really difficult. And so the pressure has they aren't they can't really do seven step drops and throw it deep. And they've been trying the underneath stuff to get the ball out in a hurry because their pressure's getting there in a hurry. But when you don't have time you can't throw the ball deep. And I just see defenses sitting on that short stuff. I well, mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's just well, right now. I don't think the offense is scaring anybody. They're sitting on the short stuff, and then they're leaving two safeties deep because they only have to rush four guys. Right. So they have the middle of the field covered up. They got two safeties deep, and that's just a bad recipe for an offense that wants to go deep and then, you know, nothing is working the way that you want it to. Right. I mean, how many times did a running back or a wide receiver get blasted Sunday? I mean, guys were just getting. I mean, it lasted. It was a it was a grind. It was a grind for every single yard. yard. They had a scratch and fight and claw to get a three yard gain. So, are, so are you on the Pitta bandwagon with the offensive line takes a hundred percent of this, <laughs> or, or are you on my bandwagon, which is I'm give, I'm putting fifty percent on Joe. Oh, I would go 50-50. I mean, I think look the offensive line when you look around the league, teams that seem to play really really well. Dallas was a perfect example last year, tend to have great offensive lines. Yeah. There's but no the, doubt that a good offensive line yeah. helps a quarterback. Yeah. But at the same time, their offensive line play around the league is not great because coaches will tell you that a lot of it has to do with the way the practices are structured now. That could certainly be the case. 
But the other part of it too is just guys get hurt because of the nature of the position. There's bodies flying into each other. You get someone that falls into your knee. You have players. No one, no offensive line stays intact over the course of the entire season. Right. So, offensive line play around the league isn't great. And look, Joe's a 10-year veteran, highest one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and you have to make up for some of those deficiencies. So no, I, I do not put no blame on the quarterback, and I don't put all of the blame on the quarterback either. I think that it falls somewhere in the middle. And, and right now. The Ravens are not in a position to overcome little mistakes that they're making. So, like, the play to Perriman is a good example. He was wide open. Joe yep. missed him on the throw. wasn't a great throw. He, he should have put the throw on the money. At the same time, Perriman kind of mistimed it, didn't adjust well, seemed to get a little out of whack, could have made a great catch. This doesn't make the great catch. Right. Both of them were off a little bit. They it are in position. It's an incompletion. They, it, it's an incompletion, and you have to settle for three. Like, yep. they aren't in position to make any sort of little mistakes. And all of those that they're making right now – are catastrophic. Right, and they're not in position to do that because they don't have that offensive firepower to overcome. Because they're not going to bounce right back on the next play and throw it in the end zone. <laughs> right, they're, they're getting like a handful of opportunities to make big plays, uh, and the rest is a grind. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make those big plays when you have them, and, and on the stuff that you should have, on the easy stuff, if you're messing that up, now you got really dysfunctional. It's really bad. It looks really bad. I mean, to me, I think it's your point. Joe has to make up for some of these deficiencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the way that he is paid. That is the, the expectation that he is supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks. And being one of the best quarterbacks isn't the touchdown-to-interception ratio that he has right now. It isn't the quarterback rating he has right now, which is 31st in the league, one above Deshaun Kaiser of the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. I mean, he's got to stop turning the ball over. He's got the longest interception streak in the NFL at 10 games, consecutive games. The Ravens aren't going to win when he's throwing picks. You know, they just can't win that way right now. Not with how banged up this team is. So, you know, some of that stuff is on him. You know, I don't put his interception, the first one, I don't put that one on anybody. Nor nor the second one. I don't put that on the offensive line or anybody. They Mm -hmm. just weren't good enough throws. Yeah. So, or just bad decisions. So we're, you know, obviously it's a dark lounge in here right now. It's, it's, a, it's a depressing Can we get lounge. the lighting turned up in here? <laughs> we just need to get some better music around here or something. Um, but I have a feeling that people in Oakland, it's a pretty dark lounge out there also. Right. They've lost it's two straight, straight games. Uh, they're a team that was a sexy Super Bowl pick coming into the season. Now they have a quarterback that's going to miss maybe a month to six weeks of the season. He's not, Derek Carr's not going to play this week. we all seen how back injuries work. Yeah, exactly. So, so... Derek Carr, who's, by the way, had the Ravens number. Two games against him, 550 yards, seven touchdowns, one pick. Is that good? That's not bad. (laughs) And two wins. Uh, So he's not going to play this week. So all of a sudden, as as doom and gloom as everybody is on Monday, then you get that announcement late Monday afternoon, and it's like, all right, Ravens going to Oakland. Things might be looking up a little bit. Do you feel like this is a winnable game, particularly with that injury to Derek Carr? Oh, for sure. It's it's definitely a winnable game. Uh, You know, I would have said it's a winnable game if yeah. Derek Carr were playing. Uh, this obviously, I think, increases the Ravens' chances uh, in this game. But, you know, they still have to deal with Marshawn Lynch, who's pretty dang good himself. That Oakland Raiders offensive line is still going to protect E.J. Manuel really well. They still have Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, who are good playmakers. Crabtree's had the Ravens' number, if you want well, to talk Crabtree about that. Crabtree may not play. Huh? So he may not play. Ravens may dodge a bolt with him, too. That would be pretty big as well. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a winnable game. And beyond this, you look at the next quarter of the season, the next four yep. games, and it gives you some hope that, all right, the Ravens are 2-2 two and two right now. 
I think the Ravens have four very winnable games in a row coming up. I mean, you talk about you got EJ Manuel now for the Oakland Raiders. Then you come back home, you got Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Yep. What's the game after that? Then you go to Minnesota. Then and the Min- Minnesota just lost a running back for the season. Just lost Dalvin Sam, Cook. Sam Bradford has a knee injury. He hasn't been playing. Then you come back home Thursday night football against Jay Cutler and Miami Dolphins. Who are struggling mightily right now. So you look at that. If you can get, run the table at four four wins there, that's, you're at six and two. You're looking pretty darn good. That's four... 50% off Papa John's pizzas coming your way. That's, I'll <laughs> take that amount of pizza. I will take four pizzas. Yes. And, and then you look down, you know, beyond that, the last quarter of the season, the Ravens are going to have to make hay. They go to Pittsburgh, then they finish against Cleveland. They have Cincinnati. They are in Cleveland. They have Cincinnati at home. They also have Indy at home. And they have Indy at home. You know, I'm not saying the Steelers on the road is an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But you can make some hay down the stretch as well. So... We're not counting the Ravens out. No, I, and I think that I think that, like you said, this defense is gonna be fine. Particularly once it gets Brandon back on the field. I think that it can be still a very, very good defense. Very, very good defense. The offense has to pick it up. It's not carrying its end of the bargain here. Mm-hmm. It is not. But I like Alex Collins. Dude's gotta hold on to the football, but I like him. I think the Ravens can still run the ball. The offensive line is going to get better. The more it plays together, the better it will get. But I'll tell you what, they got to stay healthy. Because if you have any more injuries on that O-line, I thought we were looking at James Hurst at left tackle, my guy. Right. I mean, he would have locked it down, obviously. <laughs> he would have he dominated the Raiders. Yeah. But when Ronnie Stanley's coming out of the game, gimping, I'm like, holy cow. That would be all five guys from last year's starting unit gone. It would have been unreal. Yeah. So if they can stay healthy on the offensive line, get a little continuity there, improve along that, work out some of the wrinkles, because it's not like there's one glaring hole where you're just like, okay, right guard, you know, is just, you can't, you have nobody that can play there. It's guys along that offensive line. Matt Skura made some nice blocks. The very first running play of the game to Alex Collins, Skura made a really nice block. He even pulled around on the Mm 50-yarder. I thought that was pretty nice. Um, So... They can figure it out. Yeah. As dark as this lounge is, I'm putting a little simple syrup in my drink. It just got a little sweeter. Yes. Just got a little sweeter in this. I agree. I totally agree. So before we go, uh, have you made the transition full-time to pumpkin beer? Because I think yes. I have. Yes. You know, I-, I prefer to hold out into October. Like, if I have a perfect world, if I'm describing the perfect scenario, I like to try to push it to October. Well, it got a little cold there in mid-September. That's when right? I jumped. Yeah. Right? And then it got super hot and muggy and nasty. I know. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm <laughs> bringing back out the summer beers. I know. Give me that wheat beer because it was gross. I know. Now we're back into those cold. Te- this is perfect pumpkin beer this season. This is prime. I've well, got a wedding this, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There well, better be some pumpkin beers on tap. By the way, this road trip, I mean, we this goes back to the road trip draft. I won this one, and it's looking primo right now. You it's know, we were really like a nice sure. pick. This is looking like the the steal of the century. I think I got this in the third round. You know, it's because I had the wedding. It I doesn't matter. Mentioned. It doesn't matter. This was like I would have picked it. This was the Brandon Williams pick of drafts. You get the best, you know, nose tackle in the NFL in the third round, small school. We're staying. Rumor has it downtown San Fran. This is going to be maybe the best road trip of the year. Also, double trip. So Friday night, Saturday. 
all day Saturday, hang out on the Golden Gate Bridge. It's supposed to be perfect weather like it always is in San Francisco. I you see the regret. Have you seen the regret on your face? Have you even looked it up? Have you even looked up the weather? I can just see the regret on you your face. Even looked it up. This is going to be a great yeah, one. Yeah, then the long flight home. Oh, long flight. Get After a big late, win. Get in late at 3 a.m. Oh, show up to work at 8.30. Oh, it's going to be all oh, three hours sleep. Well worth it. Celebrating a win on the plane. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a great trip. This is going to be a good weekend. May have to have some pumpkin beers while I'm out there, too. <laughs> Get some anchor. Anchor yeah, steam. Anchor steam, yeah. That's Sit out stuff. there at Alcatraz. What, have you had any pumpkin beers, like new ones, that you've, you've really uh, enjoyed recently? I, well, I have had a couple. I, the problem is, here, I'm terrible at this. You go to a bar and you'll try it, and I never write it down. There's all these different apps and stuff. You gotta like, get that. Yeah. I know, I know. I don't have it. I need to use that so what I can. What is that one? Beer Advocate? Tat. No, oh, not tat. Beer. Yeah, yeah, tat, yeah. Tat. yeah tat. I don't use it, and I need to like keep track of these things. Um, if Papa John's had an app for keeping track of our beers. That's true. They just had the pizza app. Maybe they can integrate, integrate that, that with the Papa John's app. But <laughs> um, I've had a few of them. Still, pumpkin is one of the best. I See, I had a pumpkin. My, that was my first yeah. pumpkin beer. I'm starting to sour on the pumpkin a little. Too bit. sweet. Yeah, it's just you know, as I get older, more refined taste. You know, <laughs> I don't like the cotton candy of pumpkin beers. Yeah, that's fine. I understand that, but that one is a nostalgic pick for me, and so I will never relent from that. I like the pumpkin head. That's I like a nice that. one. I like that. I also like. Um, I think it's called the flying gourd. Yeah. Uh, that one is from Flying Dog. The Gourd Standard. The Gourd Standard. The Gourd Standard. The Gourd Standard. And is that, that an Imperial? They do have an Imperial. So they, there's that one, and then they have an Imperial, uh-huh. which is also good. I like both of their pumpkins. The Gourd Standard is a little bit lighter than the, then they have the Imperial pumpkin. I forget what that one's called, but it's a good one, too. Good stuff. So, you know what? I want, as always, you know, this is the time of the year that we like to try some of these pumpkin beers. So, you so the send a six-pack our way. Send Here's a six-pack our way here to the, the castle, the Unarmed Performance Center. No, send us your suggestions at uh, the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Tell us what you're drinking and what we need to try. One thing I want to announce to people is, is the uh, Goodwill Gridiron Halloween party Ooh. is not happening this year. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't hear? I did not hear. No, it's not happening. What happened? Well, no, but it's not happening. Dennis Pitta said it on the show the, the other week. He d- taped a promo that they've raised all this money over the years. Not happening this year. That is. They're planning an even bigger event for next year, he said. Oh, that's devastating. <laughs> I know. I was starting I to, know. I started to brainstorm costume ideas with my wife I over know. the weekend. I know. I know. It's one of the days I look forward to the most. You know, here, this is a true story. Things quick, are dark in this quick, lounge. Quick story time. This is real quick. My very first day as a Ravens employee, I showed up, you know, don't know anybody here, and they say that there's this gridiron Halloween party. You need to come and check it out. So I went. I wore – they had no costume, put a name tag on. The guy who had the job before I left, his name is Mike Duffy, wore a Mike Duffy name tag, went to the gridiron <laughs> Halloween party, my very first day on the job. and What a day. It was a heck of a day, and <laughs> – I've never forgotten it since. It's been a it's been a nostalgic thing for me. That that party is something I look forward to every year. I've never missed it. Yeah, I get cards. I get bonus cards. I get as many oh, cards as I can get. Gosh. It's seriously like you get a you get a Dave and Buster's card that's almost unlimited place. I get as many tickets as I can. I take them from every source. You know, I bum your spare tickets. <laughs> I get them from everywhere, and then I get 
100 bouncy balls yeah. at the end of the night. It's I get, fantastic. I get like a thousand Laffy Taffy's. How, how many, how many Buster shot glasses do you have? No, I always go Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy? Or just That's the, an awful trip. I'm sure that Gridiron Halloween Party is giving me like six cavities that I'm going to pay for. Laffy later. Taffy? Like, oh, I love Laffy Taffy. <laughs> That's terrible. I'd rather go Pixie Stick. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> well, we'll have to just save up for next year. I'll have to start brainstorming costume ideas for next year. And speaking of candy, we're going to do a Halloween candy draft. That's true. Announcing that one, a Halloween candy draft later this month, obviously a little closer to Halloween. Yep. You're going to be a candy corn guy. I can tell. Oh, oh no. First pick candy you're a, corn. You're a mounds guy. That's, that's you. Oh, yeah. I don't mind a good mound. Oh, yep. Yep. You're the worst. <laughs> anyway, we want to tip our hand here. But uh, thank you for listening, as always. You can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And before we go, we got to remind you one more time about all the delicious, tasty, spectacular pizza that you can have at Papa John's. All right? You order the Ravens Flock Special, you can get it all season long. And you know what you get for that, Garrett? Tell you me. get a large specialty pizza and a large two-topping pizza with promo code RavensFlock at PapaJohns.com. <laughs> is that your Italian accent? What I is don't that? know what, what it is. is that? I've, just, I've just lost it. I've lost all control. <laughs> all right? And the day after every Ravens win, you get 50% off regular menu price online orders with promo code Ravens. 50 at papajohns.com. Well done, Ryan. So that does it for us this week. How's your fantasy team doing? That does it for us this week. (laughs) As always, thanks for listening. And uh, we're looking forward to talking with you guys again next week after the win against the Raiders. Have a great week, everyone.